All right, all right, let's, uh, let's go ahead and find our spots. Let's go ahead and find our seats. I say this every week at, at our church. I hate interrupting all the conversation because I think it's, it's so healthy for our body, right, to, to fellowship and enjoy each other's company and, and uh, conversations and prayer requests because I know that's what we talk about. We don't talk about the Browns destroying the Cowboys. We don't, I'm a cheese fan, so wait till tomorrow. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know. Hey, I'm going to ask if you turn your Bibles to Exodus chapter 12. And as you turn there, I do want to say thank you. Um, thank you to Jeff. Thank you to all the pastors here. You guys mean the world to me. And I'm thankful for this church and the stance that this church has on the Word of God. Amen. Uh, I'm grateful for the body of Christ. I'm, I'm thankful that I can leave our church and come here and feel perfectly at home. You know, I, I absolutely love that. And I, I'm looking forward to some of you coming to Iola, you know, if you need small town life. <laughs> you know, I'm your guy. You know, Iola is 5,400 people, you know, Metroplex area. <laughs> but we do have four Mexican restaurants, and so that's, we got one thing going for us. And none of them good, so... You know, it is what it is. But I wanted to give you time to turn to Exodus chapter 12. I am thankful for this church. I'm thankful for the pastors. I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunity I had a few years ago to come and, and spend time with your youth at camp. At camp, what is it, Machindo? Is that what it is? And, and uh, th those are good memories. I got to bring my family the last time. and It was the first time they flew on a plane. Last time they flown on a plane. <laughs> you know, Detroit just wasn't very welcoming, you know. Um, but it was a really good time, and I'm just thankful. I've been looking forward to this. We've been praying about it. We've been having Zoom meetings. We've been praying and, and getting after it, and, and I really believe God has a message uh, for us today. Um, Lord willing, God has a message for us. We don't need to hear from me. Amen? We need to hear from his word. And so we're going to be in Exodus chapter 12. Specifically, the text is verses 21 to 30. I mean, there's, there's going to be a lot more um, involved. And now, I don't, I don't even know if there's a PowerPoint, but you have, you have sheets. Um, Good luck. <laughs> there you go. Good luck. All right, so I've been, uh, I've been praying about this message. We've been talking about this, looking at the Exodus. And, and when I studied this, and I've been reading chapters 12 through 15, there is certainty in the midst of uncertainty. Because there are some things that we are very certain about, even when the world seems to be absolutely falling apart. God is on the throne. Amen. And so we're going to take some time tonight and the next few nights just using the Exodus to prepare us for our Exodus. Because I believe those days are coming very, very soon. I really believe it. If you truly believe it, then it should change your life. Now, I'm going to give you a warning right now. I'm a little excited about today's message, and so there's potential for the volume to be elevated. But let me just, uh, let me just give you the, the, the first blank here. There's a situation when you discuss, and the, and the situation is this, is that the world never changes. It absolutely never changes. I mean, you read, you read this passage in, 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 in the book of Exodus, and you, you find Pharaoh is, is on the throne. He's treating uh, God's people poorly, and God's people are wanting out, and they just want freedom to worship. I mean, it, there's a lot of parallels from what we read in the Exodus and in and, and our life today. And so let, let me just kind of run things by and see if these things sound a little eerily similar to today, right? Let me just run some of this by you. 
So it's a time when the economy is in complete collapse. Why? Because natural disasters and plague and disease. Does that sound familiar? Where resources are becoming scarce. We're, we're, we're building a church. We're doing a remodel, taking an old bowling alley and turning it into a building to meet in. And uh, we found out really quickly that prices jump in a pandemic. I'm just saying. The economy is in the tank. Now, praise the Lord, it's on its way back. Here, how about this? A time when the government seeks to control how and when God's people worship. Because that's going on. And what they find is that they can't truly, worship, can't truly control those who are true worshipers of God. It's a time when Latin national leaders speak in arrogance. It happens. It's a time when certain rules seem to only apply to certain people. It's a time when the world wants God's people to be gone and God's people want to be gone. It's a time when the leaders of God's people are often very frustrated. And it's a time when people are under quarantine within their homes. I think that's interesting. Because that's what's happening here. You have the nation of Israel quarantined behind the doors, protected by the blood of the Lamb. And so that's the situation. And I think there's a great similarity between what we read here in the time of Exodus and in our life. I think we can glean some from that. And that takes me to this, my second point, and there's a conclusion. I know what you're thinking. Wow, this is going to go fast. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. So the second point is conclusion. All right, this world is not our home. That's the conclusion. You have to come. All right, so if the situation is that the world never changes, here's the conclusion you have to come up with. We don't belong here. Right? right? This world is not our home. That is the conclusion you have to come to. You have to come to this. Why? Because we understand that the ground is shifting under our feet. Amen? It is. I think Scripture has something to say about that. When the rains come down and the floods come up, we sang about that today, didn't we? The ground is going to shift. But are you standing on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ? This world is not our home. So your next blank is we need to be reminded that there's a difference between us and the world. We need to be reminded that there's a difference between us and the world. You know what that difference is? You ready for this? It's the blood of the Lamb. There's a wedge that's driven between God's people and the, and the, and the people of Egypt. Now, it's, Egypt is a picture of what? It's the world. Right? And so if there is going to be a division between the world and God's people, it's going to be the blood of the Lamb. And not just the blood of the Lamb, it's the applied blood of the Lamb. That is what is the division. That is, that is the divider. Now look at this. Exodus chapter 11, verse 7. Exodus chapter 11, verse 7 says this. But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue. Against man or beast, that ye may know how that the Lord doth put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. That is God's man Moses speaking to Pharaoh. Those are pretty harsh words. The Lord doth put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. The Lord has put a difference between you and the world. We need to be also reminded that we are strangers and pilgrims in this, in this world. And Pastor Jeff talked about that this morning. That we don't own land. Right? We don't have a, we don't have a place. That we are strangers and, and pilgrims here, Right? That, that is the reality. We are sojourners. We are not colonizers. Now, I love this property. 
pulled up, and I'm like, Lord, yes, please. I'd like to have one of these, please, with cheese. I'd like to have one of these. Right, nice parking lot, the building, the gym, it's got, it's got everything. We got a bowling alley, and the, and the gutter still leaks in the, the inside. I mean, we got issues. And, and I praise the Lord, and we, we've thrown a lot of money in it. We're still not done throwing money at it. So if you all want to help, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, it is very, very frustrating to me as a pastor because how much effort and time is spent on brick and mortar. And if anything God has just been revealing to me in this, this year is none of it stinking matters. Man, in, in this time, we have seen people getting saved. Our church has grown, and we have met in some psycho places, man. We have, we have rented out a church. We've met literally under the trees in a city park for eight weeks. Um, we, we're now meeting in a bowling alley that is two-by-four stud walls, and no heat, no air, no nothing else. That's just what we got, and... People are getting saved. People are getting discipled. Lives are being changed. And it doesn't matter. Why? Because we're sojourners. We're not colonizers. And Exodus chapter 12, verse 40 says this, Now the sojourning of the children of Israel who dwelt in Egypt was 430 years. 430 years. They were sojourners there, but it wasn't where they belonged. Amen? It was not where they belonged. So times like this should remind us that we do not belong here. Now I'm going to take a page out of, out of Troy Stogsdale's book and sing a little bit. Is that okay? It's a good idea. Wayne, put your phone away. Take this word and give. Of Jesus. Man, I love that song. This is not where I belong. I'm done. All right. So, listen, we're in the world, but we're not of it. We don't belong here. And every time I hear that song, I just remind, Lord, why am I investing so much time and energy planting roots? planting roots and spending time on retirement packages and all this different stuff, and none of it's going to matter because there's no guarantee. I would even say that's uncertain. Yeah, yeah. Amen? So we need to focus on what is certain, and here's the reality. We don't belong here. And times of unrest and uneasiness should cause us to be prepared for our ultimate removal. It's called the rapture, which takes me to the solution. Y'all ready for this? Y'all ready for this? All right, here, here it is. This world needs a witness. This is the solution. What's the situation? What's the situation? The world never changes. So what's the conclusion? This world's not our home. So what in the world are we doing here? What's the solution? How about we focus on the main thing? This world needs a witness. We can be busy complaining about it. Good luck. You've never complained about anything that's changed anything of any value, has it? Not a bit. So what if we just did the solution? This world needs a witness, but they don't just need a witness. They need a witness. They need to be able to see men and women of God who are full of faith and, and integrity. Full of faith and integrity. We need it both. Exodus chapter 11, verse 3. Check this out. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. You see that? 
And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's who? servants, and in the sight of the people. Listen, often I read this passage, and I think it's a fight between Moses and Pharaoh, and it's so not. Because our fight is not against, it's not against our government. It's not against that, is it? And often we, we read that, and what we find just tucked here in these verses is that over and over again we're reminded that the people had favor with the Egyptians. And we live in a world where we're completely divided to a spot where we no longer have favor. And could it be that they're not necessarily rejecting the message, they might just be rejecting the messenger. And so the question is, are you full of integrity and faith? Because we can say amen all day long, but if we're not carrying ourselves in a way that would demand favor of the people, then what's, what point is it? That's something to chew on, isn't it? All right, so that takes me a little bit deeper into this solution. This world needs a witness, that is for sure. And for that to take place, then God's leaders must step up. God's leaders must step up. That requires that, that pastors lead God's people by faith. When everything is absolutely falling apart, what do you find? You find Moses stepping up. You find a man of God stepping up. Now, he had his faults. He had his issues. No doubt about it. But he stepped up. And Jeff was just honest, and I appreciate your honesty this morning, about just taking too long, worrying. What are we going to do? How's this going to happen? I don't know what. Well, quit stinking worrying. What does the Bible say? And then once you find out what the Bible says, you step up and you lead in faith and integrity. And that's desperately what we need in our churches. And I know this is First Baptist Church in New Philadelphia. This is, this, is, this is your conference. But I'm here to glean. Amen? And I need this message just as much as anybody else. Because there's been a lot of times where it's been challenging. Not wanting to step up. It's been easy to step aside, I'll be honest. We need, we need pastors and leaders who are going to step up. Amen, church? Yes. And if that's going to take place, then I want you to make your way over to Exodus chapter 11 and verse 1. I thought you said the text was over in chapter 12. It is. We're getting there. But Exodus chapter 11, verse 1, it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Yet will I bring one plague more upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. Afterwards he will let you go hence. When he shall let you go, he shall surely thrust you out hence altogether. Speak now in the ears of the people and let every man borrow of his neighbor and every woman of her neighbor jewels of silver and jewels of gold. Now what do you have there is in verses 1 and 2 is you have an overview of what God's getting ready to do, which takes me to the next point here. Is if your leader is going to step up, then leaders, pastors, you have to be ready to hear God speak and be confident in what God's word says. Can I get an amen from that? You have to be confident 
and the fact that you've heard from the Lord, which means you have to be put yourself in a position to hear God. Now, Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, I don't pretend to have it all figured out, but I know there's going to be some dialogue in the mornings and pastors are going to be cussing and discussing, more cussing than discussing, right? We're going to be, I'm just kidding, <laughs> kind of. Now, here's, that's why nobody else is invited. <laughs> but here's the deal. We, we can talk amongst ourselves and figure things out, but there's none of it's going to amount to a hill of beans if it's not about the Word of God. What does the Bible say? That's the reality. And all too often, especially in our town, I run into pastors who are asking me, hey, what are you doing? Why, why are you doing that? That's kind of strange. We would never do something like that. I know. But the reality is they're not in the Bible. And they're not hearing what God has to say. They're running to a self-help book or they're calling another pastor or they're saying, what, what, what is this pastor doing? That's what I need to do. Dangerous territory, right? Danger Will Robinson. That's a dangerous place to be. Some of you got that, some of you didn't. That's a dangerous place to be. No, you've got to put yourself in a spot where you're able to hear from God. In chapter 11, verse 1, Then the Lord said unto Moses, Pastor, if you're going to step up, you better have made sure you're heard from the Lord. You better be able to quote, thus saith the Lord. Here's what God's word said. And I'm confident in it's what it said. I'm not going to go pick and find a verse to fit my vision. No, I'm going to get my vision from the word. That's what has to happen here, and that's exactly what's happening here with Moses. Now, he clears off a spot in chapter 12. We're not going to read all 20 verses of chapter 12, verses 1 to 20. But let me just sum it up for you, and I know there's gold in them their hills. I know. There's some really good stuff here. He gives them a lot of detail. He gives them the overview in verses 1 to 2, and in chapter 12, verses 1 to 20, he says, okay, let me give you the details on, on what I want from you. Let, let me just tell you what I want you to do. Let me give you the Cliff Notes version. You ready? Grab a lamb. Watch it for four days. Kill it. Take its blood. Wipe it on the door weird right eat the lamb quickly with bitter herbs and tortillas and then listen to your neighbors die and cry well if that's a vision that's kind of crazy if you're going to stand before God's people and say that, you better know that you've heard from the Lord. Which takes me to the next step here is you've got to be ready to speak truth to governing authorities and confidence. That doesn't mean that you're writing notes and you're sending letters and, and you're calling your local congressman and being a squeaky wheel. That's not what he's saying. God tells Moses when to go to the leader. Everybody tracking with me? So we got to be ready to speak truth to governing authorities in confidence, knowing what God's word says. Let's go back over to chapter 11 for a moment. Look at verse 4. And Moses said, he's speaking to Pharaoh, Moses said, Thus saith the Lord, about midnight will I go out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn 
of Pharaoh that sitteth upon his throne, even as to the firstborn of the man maidservant that is behind the mill, and all the firstborn of beasts. And there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there was none like it, nor shall be like it any more. But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue against man or beast, that ye may know how the Lord hath put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. And all these thy servants shall come down unto me, and bow down themselves unto me, saying, Get thee out. And all the people that follow thee, and after that I will go out. And he went out from Pharaoh in a what? Great anger. We call that a frustrated leader of God's people. Frustrated by what? The government at the time. <coughs> and there may be a time, pastor, that you may be put in a position that you have to speak to a local authority. Are you able and willing to do that? In confidence with thus saith the Lord. Well, our policy or the Constitution says, what does the Word of God say? Amen. That's the certainty. Amen. That's the certainty. And we need pastors who are willing to do that. Not speaking in arrogance, but speaking in confidence. We don't need arrogant pastors running around, getting on Facebook, blabbing their mouth. Because I, I think it's interesting. This was done in secret. This is done in quiet. This is not done on blast. This was done in private. Pastor, you also got to be ready to speak truth to God's people in confidence. Oh, our text. We get to make it. Chapter 12, verse 21. You have to be able to speak truth to God's people in confidence. Then Moses... Verse 21, called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them, that dirty, rotten scoundrel Pharaoh is a dirty dog. He doesn't say any of that, does he? He didn't come in, hey, everybody gather up. You know what I think we should do? I got a good idea. None of that. He doesn't do any of that. Why? Because he understands his, his, God's people don't need his politics and they don't need his opinion. They don't need his politics, and they don't need his opinion. Here's what they need. He says in the middle of the verse, draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. What's he doing? He's taking what he's heard from God in confidence and speaking it to God's people in confidence. That's what's happening here. He's taking the vision. He's taking exactly what God has said to him, and he's giving it to the people. And he lays it out. Kill the Passover, verse 22. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lentil and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out at the door of his house until morning. In other words, be quarantined. That's what he just said. For the Lord will pass through the, and to smite the Egyptians. And when he has seen the blood upon the lentil and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto your houses to smite you. Why? Because you're protected by the blood of the Lamb. Verse 24, And you shall observe this thing for an ordinance to, to thee and to thy sons forever. And he talks about how they're going to keep this as a memorial. But I want you to see verse 27. He says that you shall say, It is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses. And I love this last sentence of verse 27. 
And the people bowed down, bowed the head, and what? They worshiped. Did we sing about that tonight? That I choose to what? I choose to worship. Right, so the, the solution is for pastors to step up. Here, here's the next thing. That means God's people need to step out. God's people must step out. It requires God's people to follow their pastors by faith. So this is the point of the message. We're no longer talking to the pastor. We're talking to God's people. You all with me? And so it's time to, to, to step out in faith. It requires God's people to follow their leader. Follow their pastors, trusting their pastors, trusting their shepherds. I would put it this way. You've got to choose between fear and the fear of the Lord. You have to choose between fear and the fear of the Lord. Now, can I just put, put yourself in their shoes, right? I mean, you've seen, what, nine plagues go by? You've seen water turn into blood. You've seen frogs. You've seen lice. You've seen, you've, seen, you've seen everything. And Moses comes up and says, Y'all, God said to get a lamb, kill it, and then take its blood and wipe it on your door of your house. That sounds really weird and really strange. And I, I, I bet Moses is completely confident that he heard from the Lord, and this is what God wants him to do. But let me tell you, there's been some times as a pastor that I've had to come to the church and say, I really believe this is what God's calling us to do. And it's been weird. Like, sell your building. Went to Malawi. What, a year ago, year and a half ago, something like that? Something like that. It's been a minute. So we went to Malawi, and I'm seeing how they're worshiping, and I'm seeing the, the buildings, and we've been praying about selling our, our old Lutheran church building that we were meeting in, having two services, and getting ready to have to maybe go to three and like, man, we got to do something. And the whole time I'm allowing, God's just stirring in my heart. You got to sell. You got to sell. You got to step out in faith. But Lord, we don't have another place to go. I don't know where we're going. And I come back and I say, hey guys, it's, it's time to sell. We'd already kind of said, that's what we're going to do. We'd start, we clean the building up. We take some pictures, put it on Facebook. We sold that building within a week. Now what? God had us. God took care of us. Praise the Lord. But I felt like a buffoon. I'll be honest. I felt like a complete idiot going, oh, wow, I led you homeless. You ain't got no place to go. We ended up renting a, renting a building, and God used that, and then COVID happened. Praise the Lord we didn't have a stinking building. I didn't have to worry about it no more. Didn't have to worry about it. I think God had us. Right? But our people could have had a choice. They could have said, you know what? I'm out. It's too scary for me. I can't do this. But praise the Lord, our body said we're choosing to worship. We're choosing to fear the Lord. Here's my question to you. Will you be paralyzed by fear? Because that's what fear does. Fear paralyzes you. Why? Because you're afraid of the unknown. You're scared. But, 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 but what if there's a lion in the streets? Didn't we talk about that this morning? Jeff was all over my stinking message. 
But what if there's a lion in the streets? Proverbs 20, 22, 13, the slothful man saith, there's a lion with that, I shall be slain in the streets. Hold on. It doesn't say the scared man. What's it say? The slothful man. Did you know laziness is nothing more than a symptom of your fear? That's all it is. We come up with excuses. Oh, there's a lion in the streets. I shall be slain. Oh, I'm going to be slain in the streets. I'm scared. No, you're lazy. You're lazy. That's what the sluggard says. And you just throw it out and say, well, I'm scared. No, you're lazy. That's what it is. 1 Peter 5, we looked at this this morning, so I'm not going to belabor this. 1 Peter 5, verse 7 says, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant. Isn't that what it says? Be sober, be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, as a what? Roaring lion. He's not silent, is he? So who's the one that gets devoured? The drunk one and the sleep one. Be sober, be vigilant. If you're drunk... You get eaten. It just makes sense, right? <laughs> if you're asleep and everybody else has run off, you're for dinner. And how many believers are just like that? They're completely drunk on their sports. They're completely drunk on their politics. They're completely drunk on, on the issues of the day. They're completely drunk on the news. They're completely drunk on Rush stinking Limbaugh. They're completely drunk on all this stuff that doesn't matter at all. And the whole time their lives been roaring. And they're clueless. Eaten. Devoured. Or they become the slugger. They become the sloths. And there's a line up there. I'm just going to stay here in Netflix and chill. That means it's a little something, I know. I'm sorry. But I'm just going to kick back here, and I'm just going to binge watch. I'm just going to sleep, and next thing you know, you've been devoured. So the question is, are you going to be paralyzed by fear? In other words, you can't move, you can't function, you can't take another step. Or the next question, will you be propelled forward by the fear of the Lord? One type of fear paralyzes you, one propels you forward, and it's the fear of the Lord. And you see at the end of verse 27, the people bowed down and they worshipped. They didn't run away, they didn't tuck tail and hide, they didn't do any of that. They said, I'm going to bow down and I'm going to worship the Lord. That's what they did. They were propelled forward. Let me give you a weird cross-reference, but I think it's important. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. This is Jesus Christ on the door of his church. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. But he's not just knocking. What does he say? If any man hear my... Oh, so the roaring lion has a voice. And he's not so silent. My Jesus on the door of his church, his Laodicean church, is not silent. My lion is not silent. And what's crazy to me, it's going to be the drunk ones and the asleep ones that miss this one too. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in unto him and will sup with him. Fellowship, worship, and he with me. Church your choice your choice 
Next question, will you follow your pastors even when the vision seems strange and unorthodox? Will you follow your pastors even when the, when the vision seems strange and unorthodox? Because let me just tell you, whatever it is that you're going to stand up before your church and you lay out with confidence, thus saith the Lord, it doesn't sound as strange as this. Right? Hey, babe, I, I, I've been hanging with Moses, and he told me that, that we got to go kill a lamb, and then we got to take the blood. This is crazy. Just, just, I mean, this, but we got to take the blood, and we got to wipe it on the door. You did, we just painted the door. It's decorated for fall and everything. Well, we're decorating for Halloween. I don't know what to tell you, but the blood is going on the door, and that's, that's the vision. That, I mean, that's the vision. But what happens when church looks different? Did it look different this year at all? But I didn't like it when they had to go online and they had to do that. Did you get fed? Or could it be that the reason you didn't get fed is you're too busy being a sluggard as the door turns upon its hinges, so the sluggard upon its bed. Well, you follow your pastors even when the vision seems strange and unorthodox, when it's the live stream, and when you have to meet outside under the trees and ask people to bring your lawn chairs. Will they do it? When you ask them to come meet in the building that's 85,000 degrees and there's no AC and there's two by four stud walls, will they do it? What if, what if the government changes? And what if we're not able to meet in buildings like this? What if we have to go to 15 different house churches? Are we willing to do it? Are we willing to do it even if it doesn't seem the same? But it's not the same old church. You're tied to brick and mortar. We're sojourners, not, we're not colonizers. Exodus chapter 12 and verse 28, I love this verse. Here's the key verse of the whole night, and I know i got to hurry. Verse 28 says, And the children of Israel went away and did as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so did they. They did the vision. Amen. They took it and they did it. Amen. They did it. I think that's awesome. And so if you're questioning, what do I, well, I don't know what to do. How about this? Then you follow the Lord by following your leaders as they follow the Lord. Can we just do that? But I don't know what to do. Then follow your leader. He'll follow the Lord. And if they're not, go find another leader. And what you find in verse 29 and 30, because it just goes crazy, the death angel does come. The destroyer does come. And, and any house that didn't have the blood applied, they're losing their firstborn. There's great cry, there's, there's wailing, verse 29, and it came to pass that at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne under the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of cattle and Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians and there was a great cry in Egypt and there was not an house where there was not one dead. And what you're going to find a little bit later is when God's people are walking in vision, when God's people are walking in the direction that God would have them to do, the people recognize their deadness. And that's what happens here when you find that the suffering of the world, and the world is going to increase and nothing but more suffering. Can I get an amen? The suffering of the world is only going to increase the separation between us and them. Because we get the blame. That's exactly what happens here. So let me just encourage you, 
it may have, this may, this times that we live in, the, the suffering, it may affect the, the where and it may affect the how we worship, but it will never affect the fact that we do worship and who we worship. So lastly, we must understand that time is short. Time is short. We must live in haste. You have a short amount of time to make an eternal difference. Get after it. If you truly believe these are the last days, then why are you worrying about the things that you're worrying about? Why are you consumed about the things that you're consumed about? I think the scripture says, redeem the time. You only have a little bit left. Don't waste it. So our ultimate separation from the world is going to be quick. It's going to be forced. The focus is going to change from the world forcing itself into the church to God taking the church out of the world by force. The focus is going to change from getting Egypt out of us to getting us out of Egypt. That's just, this day is coming. The focus changes from being separate to being completely separated one day. Do you understand that there's going to be a day on this planet where there are no born-again believers? I can't even imagine a planet like that. The focus changes from hearing God say, come out from among them, to hearing God say, come up hither from them. That day is coming. And so quickly, we have a short amount of time to gather as much gold, silver, and raiment as possible. What did they do? They went straight to the Egyptians in verse 35. And the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses, and they borrowed the Egyptians jewels of silver, jewels of gold, and raiment. Does that sound familiar, Laodicean church? When we're increased with goods and wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked, I counsel thee, buy of me gold. Worship of God, right? The silver is redemption, leaving people, leading people to Christ. What about raiment, the righteousness of the saints? And white raiment that thou mayest be clothed. And that the shame of thy nakedness do not, do not appear. And anoint thine eyes with eyes have that thou mayest see. When they were in haste, they went and found as much gold and silver and raiment as they could. Dear believer, if you're in haste and you understand that these are the last days, you would do the same. You would do the same. And I would just close with this. We have a short amount of time to reach as many people as possible in our integrity. Verse 36. And the Lord gave the people favor. After everything that's gone on, after losing the firstborn in every house, they still had favor. That's crazy to me. Verse, middle of verse, so they lent unto them such things as they required, and they spoiled the Egyptians, and the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Succoth, about 600,000 on foot that were men beside children. And look at this, and a what? Mixed multitude went up with them also. When the Lord says, it's time, who's coming with you? Who's the mixed multitude right now that's coming with you? That we be after it. We've got to be careful that we don't destroy our opportunities through politics, racial issues, cultural opposition. We just invite people to meet our king. We get as much gold, silver, and precious stones as we possibly can. Amen? We need believers who are going to step out because their leaders have stepped up.
Lord God, I thank you. I thank you for this church. I thank you for the opportunity to be able to proclaim and, and preach the message, Lord, that I believe that you placed on my heart. And so, Father God, Lord, I pray, Lord, that the things that we talked about, the things that we discussed, Lord, I pray that it would be challenging. It won't just be blanks on a sheet of paper. Lord God, I pray that it would stir us. The truths of God's word would stir us as pastors to step up and lead in confidence. And as God's people, to step out in faith and integrity, not wasting any moment. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.